Hi there, I'm Nathan Egan, and welcome to The Working Actor's Journey. Today we have another episode of a workshop presentation, and we are going back to the play As You Like It, and this presentation is from April 2021. Now, the scene we have, it's uh, early in the play, Act 1, Scene 2. It is the first time we meet Rosalind and Celia, and they have only recently learned, and we as the audience have only recently learned, that Rosalind's father has been banished by Celia's father, the Duke. The two women uh, then attempt to dissuade Orlando, who comes in from wrestling Charles, uh, and uh, Rosalind and Orlando are visibly affected by each other. So we do just about the entire scene. We don't have the character of Touchstone, but just about everything else is still there. So you'll see it, you know, or hear it from uh, beginning to end. There's a lot of fun stuff in there. And yes, of course, the wrestling is a physical moment, but I think the group did a really great job just in terms of their exclamations and uh, uh, just general crowd noise, the way they kind of worked on it, that I think you'll get a sense of what is happening. Because, you know, and Shakespeare did this in a lot of his plays. A lot of the action took place off stage, you know, all the a lot of battles took place, at, you know, off stage, and then you just have characters describing what would happen. So, you know, you can just kind of imagine that the wrestling is off stage, and you're just hearing the other characters react to it. Now, I do want to mention you can catch up on previous workshops featuring Richard III, King Lear, Troilus and Cressida, A Midsummer Night's Dream, Julius Caesar, and King John. All of them are on the podcast uh, and on YouTube. You can go to workingactorsjourney.com to find links to everything. And, you know, I'm really excited that in addition to some of the popular plays like Richard III and uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, we have some of the lesser-known works, Trellis and Cressida and King John, uh, and uh, you can start to explore and experience some of these plays, even if you've never read them or ever seen them. You can start to discover the language in these plays. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we are going back to As You Like It. We already have had one scene uh, presentation on here. And, in fact, we have another one coming up. Uh, so that'll be, you know, in the near future. So it's really great just to see, and we always have different scenes from As You Like It. So not only are you seeing, you know, or hearing different parts of the play, we're seeing, seeing it on YouTube, hearing it here. Uh, not only are you experiencing different parts of the play, but you're also experiencing it with totally different actors. So you're hearing and seeing different Rosalinds and Celia's and Orlando's and all this other stuff. So it's just really exciting that all of these artists and the directors have a chance to explore the material in their own way and with all of this time that we are giving them. And I'm definitely planning and working on new workshops coming up in 2022, starting to figure those out, line them up, you know, reaching out to directors, seeing who might be available, uh, what we can do, you know, some exciting things in the works. I, I hope some of it comes to fruition. A lot of it just has to do sometimes with schedule. Even if people are really excited to do it, they have another project that's going on or we have to delay it or, you know, so that stuff happens. But definitely working on continuing this series. So if you want to be part of an upcoming workshop or, uh, you know, want to observe them from the, uh, you know, the, with the audience ticket, uh, I want to keep doing that. 
And I will also mention that coming up at the end of October 2021, we have a free Q&A and discussion with Jeffrey Wade on Wednesday, October 27th at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. It'll be live and streamed on Facebook. Jeffrey is a previous podcast guest, and he's directed a number of these workshop scenes, including the one you're going to hear today. And in our live Q&A, Jeffrey will mainly be discussing the character of Dogberry from Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, it's a role he's played a couple times. He finds it a very fascinating part. And, you know, in, in, in its own way, it is very tricky. I mean, you know, the character has a lot of malapropisms and is certainly, you know, I think meant and written and designed to be a, a comedic character. But, you know, it's up to the actor to figure out, okay, well, I'm, I don't play funny. You know, what do I do here? So I think it'll be really fun to, to talk to Jeffrey about his process playing this character at very different points of his life uh, and to hear what he discovered and, and uh, you know, found when he revisited it. And you can be there live to ask your questions, too, about the part, Jeffrey's career, or anything else. So, again, it's going to be Wednesday, October 27th at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And just go to the Working Actors Journey Facebook page, and you will find it. Uh, we already have an event created, and right there on that page, that same page where the event is, the video will be streamed live, and you can interact through the comments, leave your questions. Uh, you know, I'll be relaying those to Jeffrey as we go, and uh, it'll be really fun. We recently did one with Libby Apple, the former, uh, you know, artistic director emerita of Oregon Shakespeare Festival. She had a lot of fun. The audience really got a kick out of it, so we're excited to keep this, you know, maybe series going uh, and uh, just have fun. You know, again, find more ways to connect these lifelong professionals with all of you, you know, to answer your questions or get more insight on the career, you know, whether it's something that you are pursuing professionally or you just really love doing, why not connect you with people who have been doing this for decades? That's that's what we're really about here, that you can learn from people who have been working and pounding the pavement and, and figuring this out all out, you know, through the course of their lives and now you get to learn from them. Okay, so getting back to the workshop presentation today, our As You Like It cast is Janet Greaves playing Rosalind, Whitney Wakamoto as Celia, Jamal Douglas as Orlando, and Madeline Person as LeBeau. Now, Gideon Rappaport is the dramaturg for the scene and was with uh, this group throughout, and he also plays Charles the Wrestler for the presentation. And as I mentioned, Jeffrey Wade is the director, and he is also stepping in for Danny Fulkerson as Duke Frederick. Danny was uh, with us for the weeks leading up to it and just was unable to uh, attend this presentation. So Jeffrey, as he has done in a few other presentations, has stepped in to fill in for uh, you know that role. And uh, ironically, this was another part that Jeffrey had played, I believe, at the Weston Playhouse in Vermont. Uh, he had played Duke Frederick, so I had a little bit of experience with the part. Uh, and so, yeah, you'll hear Jeffrey not only be directing, but uh, as the Duke. All right, I think that is it. Uh, enough of an introduction from me. So without further ado, here we go with the rehearsal room presentation of As You Like It from April 2021.
All right. So, uh, welcome everybody. Um, uh, my name is uh, Nathan Agan. I'm the host and producer of The Working Actor's Journey, which uh, started as a podcast and then um, over the pandemic really uh, kind of blossomed into uh, some readings and now uh, workshop series that we're calling The Rehearsal Room, which uh, allows uh, professional artists and uh, newer uh, actors to get together and work on a scene in a way that very often doesn't happen uh, in professional work, you know, to have the time and luxury to really explore a scene over the course of, you know, eight hours, uh, because of production elements, because of, uh, so many other things, you just don't often get that time. So that's what's been really exciting. Not only, uh, that time of, uh, what people can do in terms of working on the scene, but then that combination of, of bridging the generations, people that have been working, you know, whether it's 20, 40, 60 years, uh, with people that are just getting their career started, whatever their age. So that's what we've been really excited to, to do in these workshops. Uh, and so this evening, you're going to see a scene from As You Like It. Uh, it's early in the play. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll let, uh, I'll, I'll let the, the group kind of explain more. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I will just say, uh, the other thing I just wanted to mention, um, some of you may have seen, uh, depending on social media where you might have found this, uh, we're choosing a charity for each evening. You know, your ticket obviously tonight was free. Um, if you are in a place uh, to give, um, the charity tonight we selected is a city of hope, which is a, a cancer research and treatment center. Uh, you can go to cityofhope.org slash giving. So that's it for me. And now I will officially turn it over to Jeffrey. Thank you very much. Hi everyone. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Wade. I, I had the pleasure of uh, directing this scene. Um, I, I th- I'm going to let uh, Gideon, our uh, dramaturg, introduce the scene both in terms of uh, Shakespeare and uh, his time where he was in his writing and uh, introduce us to the world a little bit and then perhaps uh, setting up a little of what's going on in the play, although this is very early in the play, uh, this this scene that we're about to do. Um, after, uh, after Gideon talks, I- I'd like uh, each of the actors or the actors to to come on as a group and just introduce yourself, say your name um, and uh, the character you're playing. Then we'll all go off stage and, uh, and we'll start. Uh, I do want to let you know that um, I am playing Duke Frederick today. I came on sort of late. We lost uh, one of our actors at the last moment. So you have me as Duke Frederick and uh, Gideon will be playing Charles, the wrestler. Um, uh, and I think that's really all I have to say. Gideon, why don't you take it away, and I'm going to go away for a bit. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Gideon Rappaport. I'm the dramaturge on this scene, um, but I'm dressed for playing Charles tonight because of our change. Um, I'll say a little bit about Shakespeare's, um, about when the play comes and the world, as I've been asked to, and then say something about the play. Um the play is written in about 1599. It's the height or the early height of Shakespeare's career in the theater. It comes after Much Ado and Julius Caesar. It comes just before Hamlet and Twelfth Night. So he's feeling his oats. He's at the um, peak of his powers. Um, and the world he's living in, uh, I always say there are two important things to know about the world that Shakespeare uh, lives in and writes for and writes within. One is hierarchy. It is not a vertical, it's not a horizontal world 
a Darwinian world of equal competitions. It is a hierarchical world uh, with God at the top and brute matter at the bottom and every rank in between. Um, and if you're going above your rank, you're breaking the order, and that's bad. And it's equally bad if you're going below your rank, you're breaking the order, and that's bad. Um, the reason this is important is that we've got a usurping duke in charge of the of the, the court. Uh, now, he's taken his brother's position, and that means trying to get himself into a higher position than he, than the order of nature and the order of the universe meant for him. The other thing is that every level in the hierarchy, from the level of the angels to all the political uh, levels to the, to the hierarchies of aristocracy and human beings down through all the kinds of animals, each of these worlds is a kind of reflection of the macrocosm, is a microcosm of the macrocosm. And Shakespeare can mine every world for metaphors. He can call upon animals, he can call upon nature, he can call upon politics, history, religion, um, the natural world in all its aspects, uh, every every kind of social world, every kind of stereotype of different people in different parts of the world, in order to to harvest metaphors to get across his point. Um, and they they all of them correspond with each other. All these levels of the hierarchy correspond with each other, and so he can make uh, analogous points easily. All right, the setting of the play is. Uh, um, uh, technically France, but really France and England. The two forests are the forest of Arden, which is near where Shakespeare grew up, and the, the Ardennes forest in France, and Shakespeare conflates them together. Um, the source of the story is Thomas Lodge's prose romance called Rosalind. Um, so Shakespeare's taking this kind of novel or early form of a novel and transforming it into a play. Uh, the beginning of the play is rooted in the problem of court of the court, which is envy. So in the first scene, which we're not going to see, uh, Oliver, his older brother, is envious of Orlando. And he's mistreating him and uh, abusing him. And Orlando is starting to feel like he can't take it anymore. They are both the sons of Roland uh, Du Bois. And Roland and Orlando are anagrams of each other. Um, and the reason Oliver can't stand Orlando is pure envy. He can't stand it that other people love his brother uh, and not love him. And that's the definition of envy. You want another's harm because you think it's, his goodness is hurting you. Then we come to court and we see that the Duke has done the same thing with his brother. He's usurped the court from his brother, kicked him out, and the same for the same reason, he envied his position. And after this scene... He's going to kick Rosalind out of his court because he envies her position on behalf of his daughter, Celia. So um, that, that, that's why um, that, that's the condition of the Duke and of the court. Now, Shakespeare uses um, other places all the time to to change people. So they're going to leave the court. They're going to go cha- be changed in the forest and then they're going to come back. Um, and the forest it's not nature. It's not Russo. I mean, it's not Russo's nature. It's not a place where everybody's fighting everybody. It's the creation of God and it's a place to, to be healed. Um, we're not going to see that part. So I won't talk too much about it. But then the, in the end, they return to the court. Everybody healed. In our particular scene, there are two overthrows going on. 
or three rather. Um, the character I'm playing, Charles, is overthrown by Orlando, surprisingly. And both Orlando and Rosalind are overthrown by love. And so that overthrow sets the play going. The forest, when they leave the court, will be the locale in which their love is tested in against reality, against the reality of nature and their characters. So I think that's about all I want to say um, to start. And I will turn it back over to Jeffrey. Great. Thanks very much. Um, could we have uh, all the actors, everyone come back on? And um, I'm just going to go from from my screen. Uh, could we start with uh, LeBeau? Will you introduce yourself? Can't hear you. You're I can't hear you. Mike, there you go. Hi, my name is Marlon Person, and I am LeBeau, the courtier. Great. Whitney, you're next. Hello, I'm, I'm Whitney Wakimoto, and I'm playing Celia. Good. Uh, just check the, uh, Whitney, just check the v- volume on your, um, your mic volume. It sounds just a little low. I can talk louder. Is that better? That's perfect. Okay. Great. Uh, and, uh, Janet, Rosalind. Hi, I'm Janet Greaves, and I'm playing Rosalind. Good. Gideon, you're next on my screen. I'm Gideon Rappaport, and uh, I am in this emanation playing Charles the Wrestler. Good. Hence my costume. <laughs> and Jamal. Hey, everybody. My name is Jamal Douglas, and I'll be playing Orlando. Great. I'm going to ask all of us actors to disappear uh, for a moment. Um, and the people who are starting us off, please do give yourselves um, a couple of moments to... <clears throat> Recenter, remember where you are, um, what we've talked about. We are, just for everyone's benefit, we're going to do this, and we'll probably have a few uh, notes or things, comments to make, and then we'll probably have a second go at it. So uh, I'm going to go away now. Uh, you guys take your time and start when you're ready. I pray thee, Rosalind, sweet my cousin, be married. Dear Celia, I show more mirth than I am mistress of, and would you yet I were merrier? Unless you could teach me to forget a banished father, you must not learn me to remember any extraordinary pleasure. Herein I see thou lovest me not with the full weight that I love thee. If my uncle, thy banished father, er, had banished thy uncle, the duke my father, so thou hadst been still with me, I could have taught my heart to love and take thy father for mine. So wouldst thou, if the truth of thy love to me were so righteously tempered as mine is to thee. Well, I will forget the condition of my estate to rejoice in yours. You know my father hath no child but I, nor none is like to have. And truly, when he dies, thou shalt be his heir. For what he hath taken away from thy father perforce, I will render thee again in affection. By mine honor, I will. And when I break that oath, let me turn monster. Therefore, my sweet Rose, my dear Rose, be merry. From henceforth, cause I will and devise sports. Let me see. What think you of falling in love? Mary, I pray thee do to make sport withal. But love no man in good earnest, nor no further in sport, neither with safety of a pure blush thou mayst in honor come off again. What shall our sport be then? 
Let us sit and mock the good hut of fortune from her wheel, that her gifts henceforth may be bestowed equally. I would we could do so, for her benefits are mightily misplaced, and the bountiful blind woman doth most mistake in her gifts to women. Tis true, for though she makes fair, she scarce makes honest, and though she makes honest, she makes very ill-favoredly. Uh, nay, now thou goest from fortune's office to nature's. Fortune reigns in gifts of the world, not in the lineaments of nature. No? When nature hath made a fair creature, may she not by fortune fall into the fire? <laughs> Here comes Madame Lebeau. With her mouth crammed with news. Which she will put on us as pigeons feed their young. Then shall we be news crammed. All the better. We shall be more marketable. Bonjour, Madame Lebeau. What's the news? Bonjour, Princesse. You have lost much good sport. Sport? Of what color? What color, madame? How shall I answer you? As wit and fortune will. I would have told you of good wrestling, which you have lost the sight of. Yet tell us the manner of the wrestling. I will tell you the beginning, and if it please your ladyships, you may see the end, for the best is yet to do. And here where you are, they're coming to perform it. Well, the beginning, that is dead and buried. There comes an old man and his three sons. I could match this beginning with an old tale. Three proper young men of excellent growth and presence. With bills on their necks, be it known unto all these men by these presents. The eldest of the three wrestled with Charles the Duke's wrestler, which Charles in a moment threw him and broke three of his ribs. But there is little hope of life in him. So he served the second, and so the third. Yonder they lie, the poor old man, their father, making such pitiful dole over them that all the beholders take his part with weeping. Alas, but is there any else longs to see this broken music in his sides? Is there yet another dotes upon rib-breaking? Shall we see this wrestling, cousin? You must if you stay here, for here is the place appointed for the wrestling, and they are ready to perform it. Yonder, sure they are coming. Let us now stay and see it. Come on, since the youth will not be entreated, his own peril on his forwardness. Is yonder the man? Even he, madam. Alas, he looks too young, yet he looks successfully. How now, daughter and cousin? Are you crept hither to see the wrestling? Aye, my liege, so please you give us leave. Well, you'll take little delight in it, I can tell you. There is such odds in the man. In pity of the challenger's youth, I would fain dissuade him, but he will not be entreated. Speak to him, ladies. See if you can move him. Call him hither, good Madame LeBeau. Do so. I'll not be by. Monsieur the challenger, the princess calls for you. I attend them with all respect and duty. Young man, have you challenged Charles the wrestler? No, fair princess. He is the general challenger. I come but in as others do, to try with him the strength of my youth. Young gentlemen, your spirits are too bold for your years. You have seen cruel proof of this man's strength. If you saw yourself with your eyes or knew yourself with your judgment, the fear of your adventure would counsel you to a more equal enterprise. We pray you for your own sake to embrace your own safety and give over this attempt. Do, young sir. 
Your reputation shall not therefore be misprized. We shall make it our suit to the Duke that the wrestling might not go forward. I beseech you, punish me not with your hard thoughts, wherein I confess me much guilty to deny so fair and excellent ladies anything. But let your fair eyes and gentle wishes go with me to my trial, wherein, if I be foiled, there is but one shame that was never gracious, if killed, but one dead that is willing to be so. I should do my friends no wrong, for I have none to lament me. The world no injury, for in it I have nothing. Only in the world I fill up a place which may be better supplied when I have made it empty. The little strength that I have, I would it were with you. And mine, to eke out hers. Fare you well. Pray heaven I be deceived in you. Your heart's desires be with you. Come, where is this young gallant that is so desirous to lie with his mother earth? Ready, sir. But his will hath in it a more modest working. You shall try but one fall. No, I warrant your grace. You shall not entreat him to a second that have so mightily persuaded him from a first. You mean to mock me after. You should not have mocked me before. But come your ways. Now, Hercules, be thy speed, young man. I would I were invisible to catch the strong fellow by the leg. Oh. 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 oh, excellent young man. If I had a thunderbolt in mine eye, I can tell who should down. Oh. No more. No more. Yes, I beseech your grace. I am not yet well breathed. How dost thou, Charles? I must speak, my lord. Uh, bear him away. What is thy name, young man? Orlando, my liege, the youngest son of Sir Roland de Bois. I would thou hadst been son to some man else. The world esteemed thy father honorable, but I did find him still mine enemy. Thou shouldst have better pleased me with this deed hadst thou descended from another house. But fare thee well, thou art a gallant youth. I would thou hadst told me of another father. Were I my father, cuz, would I do this? I am more proud to be Sir Roland de Bois' son, his youngest son, and would not change that calling to be adopted heir to Frederick. My father loved Sir Roland as his soul, and all the world was of my father's mind. Had I before known this young man his son, I should have given him tears unto entreaties. Uh, he should have thus ventured. Gentle cousin, let us go thank him and encourage him. My father's rough and envious disposition sticks me at heart. Sir, you have well deserved. If you do keep your promises in love, but justly, as you have exceeded all promise, your mistress shall be happy. Gentleman, wear this for me, one out of suits with fortune, that could give more, but that her hand lacks means. There we go, cuz. I fare you well, fair gentleman. Can I not say I thank you? 
My better parts are all thrown down, and that which here stands up is but a Quentin, a meerless, lifeless block. He calls us back. My pride fell with my fortunes. I'll ask him what he would. <laughs> Did you call, sir? <laughs> sir, you have wrestled well and overthrown more than your enemies. <laughs> Will you go, cuz? I'm with you. Say you well. What passion hangs these weights upon my tongue? I cannot speak to her, yet she urged conference. Oh, poor Orlando, thou art overthrown. Or Charles or something weaker masters thee. Good sir, I do in friendship counsel you to leave this place. Albeit you have deserved high commendation, true applause and love, Yet such is now the Duke's condition that he misconsters all that you have done. Duke is humorous. What he is indeed more suits you to conceive than I to speak of. I thank you, sir. And pray you, tell me this. Which of the two was daughter of the Duke that here was at the wrestling? Neither his daughter, if we judge by manners. But yet indeed the smaller is his daughter. The other is his da is daughter to the banished Duke and here kept... By her usurping uncle to keep his daughter company. Whose loves are dearer than the natural bond of sisters. But I can tell you that of late this duke has taken displeasure against his gentle niece. Grounded upon no other argument but that the people praise her for her virtues and pity her for her good father's sake. On my life, his malice against the lady will suddenly break forth. Sir, fare you well. Hereafter, in a better world than this. I shall desire more love and knowledge of you. I rest much bounden to you. Fare you well. Thus must I from the smoke into the smother, from tyrant duke into a tyrant brother. But heavenly Rosalind. <sighs> oh. A wonderful, wonderful, and out of all seeming wonderful, which I believe is a quote from this play. That was, uh, that was just terrific. Uh, I, Orlando, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you should do the art. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. <laughs> you know, it changes each time depending on yeah. what I'm sure for my book. You know, we, it's got we, a lot of things for my book. <laughs> we, we never know. That's part of the, part of the pleasure of it. I, I, I did suddenly realize that I, my mic was still open and I was, Laughing, so I had to, um, in a good way, uh, at uh, at stuff that was going on, particularly the when poor when poor Orlando is standing there, so smitten that he he can't say anything. It's very that great. That was great. Very very good all the way through. I I do have a um, just a couple of tiny things I want to say, and then Gideon will probably ask things. But mainly, I want to say uh, how much I enjoyed that. I you guys did what I would have. Encouraged you to do, um, but this is good. You didn't need a, a, a halftime talk, um, which was to really uh, keep taking steps forward. Uh, sometimes people get to this kind of thing where you know there's um, however many people, twenty people. Oh, that's wonderful! Twenty people watching, um, and, and uh, some actors will will retreat to what they feel is safer. And every single one of you moved forward, which which I really want to salute. Um, uh, just, there's been terrific work going on. 
um, for everyone. So that, that just goes without, um, without exception across the board. Uh, I want to pick out a uh, Whitney in a particular who's, who is, um, found a way to really differentiate herself from uh, Rosalind. Sometimes these two women can sound kind of same-ish, especially in, the, in these very early scenes, frankly. Um, so there was a great definition between that and uh, 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 Rosalind Janet, who um, uh, embraced my my call to find Rosalind's innocence and her sort of uh, dumbfounded quality at, at being struck with love this way. We all know Rosalind as, you know, the, one of the great characters, you know, like Hamlet or Lear. Um, and, and she can seem sometimes in memory a little, um, I don't know, a little pedantic or something. So finding her innocence, uh, particularly early on is, is crucial. And I, you did a wonderful job of that. Um, and, uh, Madeline, your LeBeau is just becoming absolutely delightful. Again, you're finding the range of that person from the, uh, the courtier. I loved your first entrance where you actually, you know, you said bonjour back to them, which is great. That's great. I don't think it's going to bother, uh, the playwright who's been dead for 400 years. No one's going to notice. It was great. Uh, and then, uh, the, the warmth and sort of more connection you found personally with Orlando towards the end. I just, um, I love that. I, I want to, uh, I'm just, uh, this is for everyone's benefit. I, I, I went to a college, um, and the, it, it didn't have, it had a good theater department, not great or famous. There were a lot of good people around at the time. So we had a good time, but the, uh, uh, the man who ran the program, uh, people sort of jokingly say, well, he only had three things he ever told you about acting. Uh, but there are three things that, if you expand them, really sort of cover everything. And, and they were um, honor the playwright, which means you have to be serving or serve the playwright. You be, need to be serving the playwright, not necessarily, you know, yourself as an actor. That will make you play your intentions. The other one, uh, this sounds very easy, but maintain the illusion of the first time. And that's the actor's job to, you know, keep making this fresh. So maybe it's slightly different. That involves listening so that you're really playing off the other person. And the last one is play the differences, which I'm always trying to encourage people to move further away from their sort of safe center, all of which you guys were doing. Um, so I, I salute you for that. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to say. Yeah, that initial LeBeau stuff was great. Here's a, a small thing. Um, uh, LeBeau, you need to pick out... Uh, which you may have lost this, uh, you will lose the sight of it. Um, I, I can't remember exactly how the line goes. Do you know where that is? Uh, yeah, I would have told you a good resting, which you have lost the sight of. Yes. I think you just need to word, lift the word sight. You've lost the sight of it. You know, you, you've oh, missed okay. it. And because that's, uh, that then makes it easier for, um, uh, Rosalind to respond with, well, tell us. Right. We, if we didn't see it, tell us about it. Right. That's yeah, okay. that's the interplay there. So um, just lift that word. That's all. Okay. Um, beginning. Oh, oh, uh, Celia. This this line that is bedeviling us all. Well, the be well, the beginning means, well, tell us the beginning and throw away the rest of that line. Right. Uh, it, what she's saying is. Well, in that case, if we've missed it, then tell us about the beginning because it's all gone away already, right? Okay. Does that make sense to you? 
I think so. I'm just not sure how to, clearly I'm not able to say it with the words because <laughs> I, I keep I, trying I, it differently. Let me try to help. Yeah, Gideon. You're, you're treating the word that as demonstrative, like pointing. That is dead and gone. That's not what it means. It just means it's the relative pronoun, like which, the beginning which is dead and buried. Okay. So if you make the that just mean the the relative pronoun, the beginning that is dead and buried, as opposed to the ending, which we're going to see. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. I think that'll make it easier for you to throw that away. And LeBeau, this is... This is sort of an across the line thing. Again, you have to help her by sort of lifting. Um, well, then you can see the end, right? Yeah. Because okay. she once again, all the, these characters are picking up on what you say. Well, if we're going to see the end, then tell us about the beginning. Well, the beginning, which is dead and buried. Yeah. It just right? means which is already passed. Yes. So that's, uh, oh, look, because I think last time, um, I am staying on all the way till you come in, the do come yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, but, but last time I think we were more of us staying all the time. You still think I should stay all the time there? Stay on? Yeah. Until you uh, and I actually. I complicated it. things by going off when the Duke went off because, um, I didn't want to be there for the, more intimate conversation. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think, maybe I don't have to either. Yeah, I, I think perhaps your instinct is right. Again, because we can't, because we don't have a proper stage to work with. Um, yeah. T- if you feel it's better to be off, take yourself off. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's between Janet and, and Celia, you know. Yeah. That thing. So L- let's, let's, let's remove yourself completely. So take yourself off. Okay. Okay. Does that, does that answer your question? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, from when then? Just when the others go, I, yes. Okay. Uh, when Charles goes then. No, uh. When the Duke says, I'll not be by, he steps aside. You're yeah. there. Yeah, and I, after my line. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then you can go. Yes, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. So leave after your line. After, uh, Monsieur the Challenger, the princess calls for you. Um, good. Uh, LeBeau, here's another compliment for you. Um, you, you really took us nicely through something that had a, 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 a three ladder, um, oh, so he served the second and so the third. It was great. It, you know. Yeah, that was the that, best it's been. That was really nice. Okay. You sort of gave us a ladder of intensity. It's like it's happened to this guy, it happened to the second guy, it happened to the third guy. I don't want to go over it too much. You did it well and good. Well done. Um, Orlando, you're a big speech about, you know, talking about how, you know, no one's going to miss me. It doesn't matter. You don't have to, you don't have to be where I'm looking at the wrong page. Where you are? There you are. Um, yeah, I just wanted to see your face because of the zoom. You're all in a little line here. Uh, but, uh, that, that, that speech was extremely well done. I just want to <laughs> let everybody know who's listening how well that was, how that was picked out the way you were, um, uh, emphasizing the, and the, um, oh God, what's the word? The, the compare, what is it? What's the word? The comparison. 
the antitheses throughout. Um, it's just really well done. So I hope people who are listening got a nice schooling in Shakespeare there. Uh, Orlando, do you have a line about that masters thee? I, I do. Oh, that's your very last line, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Almost the end. Um, I made a note, but then I've changed my mind. Uh, um, I'm not quite sure whether masters or the is, is more important. They, they, they both need value. Uh, I think you chose the this time. I slightly prefer masters, but I also think it, the more I think about it, the less. I, I want him to hit weaker. That's the key word in that line. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. This is why we have a dramaturg. That is actually the correct. That'll help us through. Um, Thank you. LeBeau, your final speech, as I said, lovely work on that. I think you can trust that you're doing well, uh, trust that you're doing right, and I think you can just slow it down a little bit, right? You're, yeah. It, it's a bit, uh, you're, you're doing well. Every, all the values are right. You just begin to, it's like running downhill. You begin to get a little ahead of yourself, right? So don't think I'm saying you're doing anything wrong. I just want you to take a little no, bit. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just so, because I tell, I tell my daughter like for 10 years when she's been acting all the time, you have to slow down and <laughs> and slow down, slow down. You know, I, but I can't do it myself, you know. You can. But this is really you, why you, I'm doing it. You are doing it. You are doing it and you have been doing it. I'm, I'm giving you permission to go even further, right? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's what we want. And, um, there was one, one, I'm sorry, I took notes in two different places. There's a line, uh, Rosalind, my father loves Sir Roland as his soul. So that when you get to the father in the next line, we don't need, that's old news already. So all the world is my father's mind. Yeah. Uh, my father loved him and everybody, everybody, everybody else thought the same thing. Something yeah. like that. I, I just, I got it picked out twice and I only needed it once. Thank Understand? You. Yeah. It's what Dakin, Dakin Matthews called, calls old news. Once something has yeah. been mentioned, you don't need to lift it again. Uh, that's uh, basically all I had to say. Um, and uh, uh, Gideon will have a few. Does anybody have any questions or comments for me before we go into Gideon? Okay, Gideon. Sure. I don't have that many, actually. I think I had stars in my eyes, and I wasn't uh, being too meticulous, but I did get a few. Um, Celia, line 10, um, still means always. So... So thou hadst been still with me. As long as we'd been always together, I could have taught my love, blah, blah, blah. You get what I mean? I'm not saying do anything differently. I just want to know that you know what that means. Thank you. Um, and then uh, Celia also at line 29. Um, uh, what was it? Oh, van. We missed the van in line 28, actually. Nor no further in sport, neither you left out than with safety of a pure blush thou mayst in honor come off again. Did you, catch, did you catch that? Yes. Okay, Orlando, um, 165. 
I want you still to hit youth instead of strength. The, the, the wrestling with child is a test of strength. We know that. The difference is there are such, what's, what's the word, Jeffrey? There are such odds in the man and oh, yeah. you're trying the strength of your youth. You've got a kind of strength of youth that he doesn't have. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to do this, but I'm going to let you know, last week, y'all told me to hit strength. And the week before that, y'all told me to hit youth, okay? <laughs> and so I am applying the note, but it did switch up each week. It's like okay, it's okay. I the apologize other thing, it's the what, what, what I would say what? is... the replay. We get them in the email every week. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is, Bill, you can hit strength, but build so youth is bigger. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, The actors lament. Yeah. (laughs) I know. You do the The note and you get the other note again. (laughs) Actors lament. All right. I I, uh, I ask a simple question. I get a pageant. Okay. Uh, 236. What was it? Two thirty, gentle cousin. I got the words wrong. I, 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 eh, he should thus have ventured. I said, eh, he. Yeah, yeah, you knew that. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. You reverse the words. That's all. I could, I could um, hear it. Two more. LeBeau in it uh, two seventy four, and also I think a few lines down. When you say the word Duke, I want you to work on a liquid U. Oh, I forgot that again. Dang. Duke. Every time you say Duke, it's got to have that Y in it. Duke, not Duke. Um, and Orlando, I'm not going to fight with Jeffrey about your final thing, <laughs> but my dramaturgical note would be do that huh, or whatever you're going to do, on the words instead of adding words, instead of adding syllables. That's oh, part wow. of trusting the playwright. Oh, because it's uh because it's a short line. Is yeah, that, well, no, just because he gives you the words he let let that short line be the drama rather than saying the line and then going, huh. And what it and, and that's for the that's on the uh the end for the, the last button. line, your last line. Really fun? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because I didn't do that this time and I think that Madeline came in and said she missed it, but I don't think I did it last time. Well I, I think- I think she might have meant a different line, but in this line, you so said, he "But heavenly Rosalind, huh?" No, 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 he didn't this time. I did not. I did not didn't, do that at was, all. Then why did, did I take this time. note? I didn't. I, I had to. I don't know. I don't know why you did it either, but we, I definitely it, just fell we, with no sound. Nathan, I want the instant replay. <laughs> we heard you it go. We're watch these replays, baby. <laughs> all right, I, so. I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you very much, so. I do. We, I appreciate you. You're doing great. <laughs> we've, heard, we've heard it all different ways. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take I'm just going to leave this because I'm willing to hear, I'm willing to hear whatever, whatever it's right, whatever it feels like in the moment on, uh, on that last line. I like the way it happened today. Whatever, whatever it was. <laughs> so good. Um, w- where are we in time? Oh, we've spent about 50 minutes. Uh, I'd like to go through it one more time. Um, let, let's just take like three minutes and, uh, everybody can grab a glass of water or something. I know I, Forgot to put mine right here and, uh, and sit in front of the AC for a moment. It's nearly a hundred degrees out here in the valley. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where all you all are, but it's 
hot here today. Uh, no, anyway, us, as I see smoke from a fire. Hey, where are you, Jamal? I'm in Sherman Oaks. It's hot as hell. Oh, yeah, just down the road. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, so let's let, let's take uh, five minutes, and those of you who are watching, do what you need for five minutes. I'm going to come back and do it again nice and easy. All right. Uh, good. Welcome back. All right. Uh, let me get my script up here. Uh, great. We're going to go through it one more time. Nice and easy. Enjoy yourselves. People I've said, take your time. Please take your time. But re- remember that great sort of, I was thinking of like a hand in the small of your back, the sort of feeling we got with the Italian rehearsal. So I'm, I know I'm asking you to both take your time and move it along, but you're good actors and you can handle two thoughts at the same time, all of you. So, uh, let's those of us who are off camera go off camera. Uh, Celia and Rosalind, once again, please give yourself a few moments uh, before you start and let's have one final lovely go at this. I pray thee, Rosalind, sweet my cousin, be merry. Dear Celia, I show more mirth than I am mistress of and would you yet I were merrier? Unless you could teach me to forget a banished father, you must not learn me how to remember any extraordinary pleasure. Herein I see thou lovest me not with the full weight that I love thee. If my uncle, thy banished father, had banished thy uncle, the duke my father, so thou hadst been still with me, I could have taught my love to take thy father for mine. So wouldst thou, if the truth of thy love to me were so righteously tempered as mine is to thee. Well, I will forget the condition of my estate to rejoice in yours. You know my father hath no child but I, nor none is like to have. And truly, when he dies, thou shalt be his heir. For what he hath taken away from thy father perforce, I will render thee again in affection. By mine honor, I will. And when I break that oath, let me turn monster. Therefore, my sweet rose, my dear rose, be merry. From henceforth I will, cuz, and devise sports. Let me see. What think you of falling in love? Mary, I pray thee do, to make sport withal. But love no man in good earnest, nor no further in sport neither than with safety of a pure blush thou mayst in honour come off again. Uh, what shall be our sport then? Let us sit and mock the good hus of fortune at from her wheel that all her gifts may be henceforth bestowed equally. I would we could do so, for her benefits are mightily misplaced, and the bountiful blind woman doth most mistake in her gifts to women. Tis true, for those she makes fair, she scarce makes honest, and those she makes honest, she makes very ill-favouredly. <laughs> Nay, now thou goest from fortune's office to nature's. Fortune reigns in the gifts of the world, not in the lineaments of nature. No. When nature hath made a fair creature, may she not by fortune fall into the fire? (laughs) Here comes Madame Lebeau. With her mouth full of news. Which she will put on us as pigeons feed their young. Then shall we be news crammed. All the better. We shall be more marketable. Bonjour, Madame Lebeau. What's the news? Fair princess, you have lost much good sport. Sport? Of what color? What color, madame? How shall I answer you? As wit and fortune will. I would have told you of good wrestling, which you have lost the sight of. Yet tell us the manner of the wrestling. 
I will tell you the beginning, and if it please your ladyships, you may see the end. For the best is yet to do, and here where you are, they're coming to perform it. Well, the beginning that is dead and buried. There comes an old man and his three sons. I could match this beginning with an old tale. Three proper young men of excellent growth and presence. With bills on their necks, be it known unto all men by these presents. The eldest of the three wrestled with Charles, the Duke's wrestler, which Charles in a moment threw him and broke three of his ribs. But there is little hope of life in him. So he served the second, and so the third. Yonder they lie, the poor old man, their father, making such pitiful dole over them that all the beholders take his part with weeping. Alas! But is there any else longs to see this broken music in his sides? Is there yet another dotes upon rib-breaking? Shall we see this wrestling, cousin? You must if you stay here, for here is the place appointed for the wrestling, and they are ready to perform it. Yonder, sure they're coming. Let us now stay and see it. Oh, since the youth will not be entreated, his own peril on his forwardness. Is yonder the man? Even he, madam. Alas, he's too young, yet he looks successfully. Oh, no, daughter and cousin. Are you crept hither to see the wrestling? Ay, my liege, so please you give us leave. Oh, you'll take little delight in it, I can tell you. There are such odds in the man. In pity of the challenger's youth, I would fain dissuade him, but he will not be entreated. Speak to him, ladies. See if you can move him. Call him hither, good Madame LeBeau. Do so. I'll not be by. Monsieur the Challenger, the princess calls for you. I attend him with all respect and duty. Young man, have you challenged Charles the Wrestler? No, fair princess. He is the general challenger. I come but in as others do, to try with him the strength of my youth. Young gentlemen, your spirits are too bold for your years. You have seen cruel proof of this man's strength. If you saw yourself with your eyes or knew yourself with your judgment, the fear of your adventure would counsel you to a more equal enterprise. We pray you for your own sake to embrace your own safety and give over this attempt. Do, young sir. Your reputation shall not therefore be misprized. We will make it our suit to the Duke that the wrestling might not go forward. I beseech you, punish me not with your hard thoughts, wherein I confess me much guilty to deny so fair and excellent ladies anything. But let your fair eyes and gentle wishes go with me to my trial, wherein, if I be foiled, there is but one shame that was never gracious. If killed but one dead that is willing to be so. I should do my friends no wrong, for I have none to lament me. The world, no injury, for in it I have nothing. Only in the world I fill up a place which may be better supplied when I have made it empty. The little strength that I have, I would it were with you. And mine to eke out hers. Fare you well. Pray heaven I be deceived in you. Your heart's desires be with you. Come, where is this young gallant that is so desirous to lie with his mother earth? Ready, sir. But his will hath in it a more modest working. You shall try but one for all. 
No, I warrant your grace, you shall not entreat him to a second that have so mightily persuaded him from a first. You mean to mock me after. You should not have mocked me before. But come your ways. Now, Hercules, be thy speed, young man. Oh, I would I were invisible to catch the strong fellow by the leg. Oh, oh. 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 Oh, excellent young man! If I had a thunderbolt in mine eye, I could tell who should down. Oh! No more, no more. Yes, I beseech your grace, I am not yet well breathed. How dost thou, Charles? Cannot speak, my lord. Uh, Bear him away. What is thy name, young man? Orlando, my liege. The youngest son of Sir Roland de Bois. I would thou hadst been son to some man else. The world esteemed thy father honorable, but I did find him still mine enemy. Thou shouldst have better pleased me with this deed, hadst thou descended from another house. But fare thee well, thou art a gallant youth. I wouldst thou had told me of another father. Were I my father, cuz, would I do this? I am more proud to be Sir Roland's son, his youngest son, and would not change that calling to be adopted heir to Frederick. My father loved Sir Roland as his soul, and all the world was of my father's mind. Had I before known this young man, his son, I should have given him tears unto entreaties, ere he should thus have ventured. Gentle cousin, let us go thank him and encourage him. My father's rough and envious disposition sticks me at heart. Sir, you have well deserved. If you do keep your promises in love but justly, as you have exceeded all promise, your mistress shall be happy. Gentle man, wear this for me. One out of suits with fortune that could give more, but that her hand lacks means. Shall we go, cuz? Aye, fare you well, fair gentlemen. Can, can I not say I thank you? <laughs> My better parts are all thrown down, and that which here stands up is but a quintin. A mere lifeless block. He calls us back. My pride fell with my fortunes. I'll ask him what he would. Did you call, sir? Sir, you have wrestled well and overthrown more than your enemies. Will you go, cuz? Have with you. Pay you well. What passion hangs these weights upon my tongue? I cannot speak to her, yet she urged conference. Oh, poor Orlando, thou art overthrown. Or Charles or something weaker masters thee. Good sir, I do in friendship counsel you to leave this place. Albeit you have deserved high commendation, true applause, and love, 
Yet such is now the Duke's condition that he misconsters all that you have done. The Duke is humorous. What he is indeed more suits you to conceive than I to speak of. I thank you, sir. And pray you tell me this. Which of the two was daughter of the Duke that here was at the wrestling? Neither his daughter, if you judge by manners. But yet indeed the smaller is his daughter. The other is daughter to the banished duke, and here detained by her usurping uncle to keep his daughter company, whose loves are dearer than the natural bond of sisters. But I can tell you that of late this duke has tamed his pleasure against his gentle niece, grounded upon no other argument but that the people praise her for her virtues and pity her for her good father's sake. And on my life, his malice against the lady will suddenly break forth. Sir, fare you well. Hereafter, in a better world than this, I shall desire more love and knowledge of you. I rest much bound into you. Fare you well. Thus must I from the smoke into the smother, from tyrant duke into a tyrant brother. But heavenly Rosalind. Oh, my God, you guys. That was terrific. Terrific. I hope, I hope everyone who's watching realized that they just saw, they just saw a tutorial on Zoom acting from, from you guys. There was such wonderful contact, um, reactions. I mean, uh, just wonderful. All I, I, all I took was good notes and, you know, maybe I'll just email them to you, but, um, what I really admired was the way, I mean, everybody had an, Celia, you in particular, I realize now have a lot of speeches where you're working your way through fairly difficult concepts, starting with your very first long one, uh, describing about comparing the love for her and the father. And, and you just, you led us through those perfectly. I mean, every single one was, was really great. Same way as I'd said uh, earlier to Jamal. Um, just really terrific work. Everybody took the notes that we just gave you, which amazes me. Whenever I get a note, I, I usually don't executed until two or three <laughs> rehearsals later. Uh, um, and uh, uh, Rosalind and Celia, that was a great work together early on, the um, real listening and responding. And, you know, just it, it's so hard to do on Zoom, but I, I felt a real connection between the two of you. I loved uh, um this can be a nice session for you, Whitney, because I have a lot of really good things to say. I love the, and I just loved how far you went. Like that, you know, when you say, "Oh, I'm going to be a monster," oh, you know that we, you really were finding the the fun in her, and and nothing, none of it was too far. None of it was too far. You were really working to bring your friend out of a, uh, you know, it wasn't just being funny. You were trying to accomplish something. So that was uh, great. Um, ill-favored. Do you say ill-favored? Yeah, who those she makes. Oh, that was another one. Yeah. That was really good. Again, you you made a real joke about falling in the fire, all that stuff. You got the line right that we were giving you such a hard time about. Um Yes, you did. Yeah, Can you I got it right. Uh, I Jamal, I liked I liked uh, the weaker at the end. Um uh, uh, uh Madeline, the um you've made a really interesting character out of LeBeau. Really. Terrific. I thought that last speech of yours was fabulous, Matt. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just everybody's grown so much since we started. It's yeah. Really Super work from 
from every single one of you. Uh, um, so I'm not going to give any uh, any more notes. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't uh, practice with the cues. You know. Don't worry about it. But know. there was one tiny little delay. It's you know, not, not a single person was you know muted when they came on or any of that stuff that happens on all this Zoom stuff. So uh, extremely well done. And I'm I'm now going to throw this back to Nathan. If people have questions or anything, uh, uh, want to participate a little more, but I, I'm done. And I'm uh, yeah, proud one, to work with all of you. Wonderful, wonderful work to echo what what Jeffrey was saying and. Uh, 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 yeah, just a joy to watch, um, both versions and just, uh, you, you know, uh, <laughs> that, that kind of term of growing. It's, it's like you're, you're all my children that, that four weeks ago we started and with these little baby birds and now look at what we're doing. I mean, it's, it's, no, it really is great. Like how much, how far you, it's a testament to the work that you guys put into this, how far you can go with the scene. Um, and, and the depth you can find in these scenes, you know, when, when you have the time, I mean, you guys have the, the, the talent and, and the skill. It's just being able to have the time to find that usually in a, in a production, it might be the third or fifth week into it, or if it's a long run, maybe the, a couple months into it. But, you know, so it's really great that, you know, how much you guys have been able to, uh, mine from this in, in, uh, you know, four weeks. So, um, uh, I want to piggyback on that, Nathan, by saying, for all the directors in the audience, um, give more time for text work at the beginning because it pays off later. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that, right, it, it, it pays off dividends down the road. You don't, even if you don't, even if you think it's tedious at, at the beginning, it, it really helps. It saves you a lot of time in the end um, and, and just makes it so much richer. So uh, for those who are, who are here live, uh, if you have questions, you know, if there's anything you want to know about, uh, any questions, you know, of anyone, uh, working on this, you can drop those in the chat and I'll, I'll keep an eye on that. Uh, there are some questions that, uh, uh, you know, I have and I'll, I'll go through and we'll just kind of chat as long as people have time. Um, and, and one thing that I wanted to, to mention that, you know, you'll, you'll see tonight or you've seen tonight and, and you will see with some of the other scenes is one of the great things about this format is that we can really explore age blind, color blind and gender blind casting that we we're not beholden necessarily to, well, it, it needs to be this or it needs to be that. Uh, and, and so, uh, but that's also part of the fun is because you have actors uh, that might not be playing these parts, you know, either because of age or, uh, or gender uh, in a, in a quote unquote traditional production. Uh, so that's been, that's been really fun to explore, not only in this scene, but in other scenes, um, it makes me think, uh, 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 Janet, you know, Jeffrey kind of talked about, you know, finding the innocence of Rosalind and we have an actor in another scene who's, uh, you know, probably in his fifties and he's playing Sylvius. And so that kind of similar thing, he's like, yeah, it's been a long time since I've been that dumbstruck in love. Right. Um, and, and, and yet, you know, I would imagine for you, Janet, that there's a, there's a piece of you that, you know, you can connect and resonate with that, uh, part. So it's, it's fun to see you have to kind of stretch in that way. Yeah. Um, so do, do you, do you mind talking a little bit more about just that, that process of, of reconnecting with that part of, you know, young Janet, I guess we'll say your teenage yeah. Janet. It's, it's been really hard. I must say it's been a, a, a much bigger stretch than I thought. And I'm not sure how successful it was because I tend to go into this kind of girly kind of um yearning thing. And it, it just shows you how much, is in casting, right? Mm-hmm. How, how much is your 
when you're cast as a certain role that you can play innately. I mean, I, I did this at drama school when I was 19. So and it's a long time ago, but much more recently I played Audrey, you know, which is oh, much okay. more like my kind of casting. I'd be your Mariahs. I'd be, I'd be the heavier, weightier women. And um, not that she isn't obviously later on as well, but particularly for this scene. So it was a huge stretch and um you as Jeffrey was saying earlier you kind of have to go to those places where you you know it's not a nice feeling because it's so out of your comfort zone but thank goodness for um the text which kind of anchors you and um you know you you get rooted in that I was noting I'd be interested to know what Gideon thinks about this um like I was playing with the idea of um at the end when she gives him the, you know, it goes very monosyllabic. And I suddenly thought, I'm going to use this to make her kind of tongue tied. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know whether that's the right call, but I know he often gives you these um cues. And when I discovered that, it kind of made me find a bit more girliness, I guess, in her. Right on, right on, Janet. Exactly right. Yeah. I have another question while you're up, Gideon, is um, what I noticed. I'm a very late developer, but like Jeffrey was saying about notes, I take them much later on. And I and I see things later on in the process. So I'm generally very quiet at the beginning of rehearsals because I'm just taking it all in. But I noticed in the early scene with um, Celia as well, the Rosalind changes from you to thou. And we talked about that earlier, right? The difference yes. between you and thou. And I, and in the debate about, um, you know, the good host of fortune, I think, is it, does she change, do you think, to thou in that? Because they're debating and they're, they're being more intellectual about things than they have been. I think what she's responding to is Rosalind's expression of love and saying, when my father dies, you're going to be his heir because we are, we two are one, you know, and and so um, she's not any longer talking to the daughter of the reigning duke, but she's talking to her best friend. And I think the language uh, hints at that. It's not he's not hitting us over the head with it. But I think that's why you're seeing that shift. Ah, right. OK, that's interesting. They're becoming more. They, they, the conversation turns more intimate. When Rosalind is depressed at the beginning, she's detached even from Celia, and Celia can't stand that. Right, they, right, right. They've been together all along, but Rosalind's still in shock. Her father's been banished. You know, she doesn't know what to do. She's she was kept at court, um, and and uh, pretty soon she's going to be banished too. Uh, and then Celia goes with her. So in a sense, Celia is training her on what the meaning of love is. And she says, you don't love me as much as I love you, because if it were, if the situation were reversed, I would, I do that, you know? So I think that's what draws her back into their intimacy. Right. Right. See, that's fascinating for me to, I knew there was definitely a, a shift there in it and it makes complete sense what you're saying. Yeah. 
I wanted to add something um, to what you, before we get too far past it, because I think it's a conversation that comes up a lot. And I think it's important for the actors in the room to know about this and to talk about this, about colorblind and gender blind. And I like to switch that to color conscious and gender conscious, because as an actor of color, I leave Shakespeare spaces. And the first thing that people say to me is, oh, my gosh, you were so great. And it's like elevated because I'm black doing Shakespeare. And then the next thing is, how is it being a black person in this play? And so I think we do need to elevate the language of these things and be more conscious about these things, you know, because it's color consciousness, because like people still see us as we are in our bodies, in our lived experiences on the stage. And so it's not a blind thing at all. It has to become a conscious thing because it is a part of the the conversation for people when the gender is switched or when you're a person of color in Shakespeare, because historically we're not used still today in 2021 seeing people of color on stage. And so I think that I just want to elevate the conversation and throw that out there as something for people to think about, about color consciousness and gender consciousness. And let's take away the word blind because people still see me on stage and that's the conversation it's the excitement that i speak so well and i'm like you didn't think i could and it's that oh you're doing shakespeare that's a big thing for colors of actor out there and so i wanted to take away the language of blind because it is erasing what actually happens in reality when i can do i things. can i just add to that that what you are doing is taking away the language of fear because people are afraid to offend people by talking about things that they might get smashed for talking about and you're the opposite you are inviting the conversation which opens it up and makes people comfortable to to talk that way and i think that's absolutely fantastic in addition to your being such a good actor i think that is a tremendous contribution to the to the um social world of actors and directors and dramaturges and so on i agree i agree bravo bravo even even with thank you so much i appreciate it and i mentioned this because even being in this space and playing this role when i was in grad school i was not called in for romantic leads i was literally what? told that oh you don't put, yes what that is what happens to I actors know, of I know. in the world so i was about to ask if, i was about to ask if you'd ever done orlando I have never done off that Orlando, but before I got to grad school, I played a lot of romantic leads in Shakespeare for my young age. But in a certain world, in certain worlds, in certain worlds, this still happens. It still happens. So I always think about it from my experience, being conscious of the work that I do and what I'm capable of. It still happens where I'm not called in. I'm called in for the clown because I'm a black Mm -hmm. guy with locks you know, in certain places. And so those things still happen. And so I embrace the conversation because it's still a very real thing for a lot of actors out there. And we can't just slide past it in these conversations. I mean, even looking at this room, we can't slide past that in these conversations because sure. it's important to continue to have them until it's not a conversation anymore because it's just the is of our world. And it's not yet. We're not there yet. Well, on uh, that subject, <laughs> can I recommend something? I saw, uh, it's only a few months old on YouTube, a globe, um, um, performance of Hamlet that is gender band. And so, which is, which was really good. So, uh, globe Hamlet and, uh, the, the globe in London or the old yeah, globe in it, San Diego? Oh, okay. I think it was the London. Yeah. The okay. real one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Madeline. And, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> the real one. 
Uh, well, the real, the real one burned down at least a couple of times, but, uh, <laughs> I um, mean, uh, yes, no, no, I, I know. As did the globe in San Diego. Yes, it did. Right. Yes. I, right, right after, right after I worked there. It was one of the many okay, theaters. I, like, I don't know about the American one. Okay. No, 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 I only okay. thought it okay. was one. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, well, I, I, and, and I want to acknowledge, uh, Jamal, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, and I, and to echo Gideon's comments, um, as a person who, who introduced those, uh, those phrases, I, I want to say that, um, how you responded invited more discussion rather than kind of just closing down, closing things down. So I, I, I applaud how not only uh, you talk about this, um, in addition to, you know, wanting to, to further the conversation. So I will definitely, uh, uh definitely think more about those topics and, and how we talk about that and, and how we bring in, you know, continue to bring in diversity in all ways, uh, you know, in the, in the future projects we do. So uh, thank you for, for bringing that up. I, re- I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Anytime I bring up everything. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal, Jamal is one of the uh, more vocal uh, participants in this scene. So it was great. No, I mean, what I, what I love is, and it was so clear from the work you guys were doing um, is that you just all had so much fun uh, working on this, which is, which is what you hope for. Uh, I, I think any artist hopes for in, in a collaborative project that it's not going to feel like work, that it, that it, that it's fun too, that, you know, as you're doing all this stuff. Um, I was curious and, and, you know, I don't need to uh, pick on anybody, but I was curious if anyone else had any particular challenges with uh, the, the character or something they discovered uh, in the role um, over the, over the four weeks or, or, uh, any kind of expectations you, you had going into it about who you thought the character was. And then over time, you know, something shifted. Anyone wanted to respond to that? I felt like I kind of came in with it with trying not to have any idea of what she was. And I feel like I'm just starting to understand who she is. And mm-hmm. she's a lot more fun than I, than I thought initially she would be. Um, and that's again through all the text. There's like these little, Right. You know, switches that she does. And, um, yeah, it was fun because I, I said yes to doing this because I was like, I really want to have fun and do something, you know, something that I'm not sure. doing lately. And, and this was very fun. Um, and, and it was fun to explore, um, and to allow her to become something because I, it's been so long since I've been in like a full rehearsal process mm-hmm. where it's focused on the rehearsal, right. um, where you really just get to kind of discover. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Whitney, she has a scene later in the play in which she is really um, milking the melodrama with Rosalind when she's seen the, the, uh, po- the letters and the poems and she's seen Orlando and she's not spitting it out and Rosalind saying, tell me who it was. And she's playing with her. So you're exactly right. She has that inner. And it comes out more through the play. Uh, you know, an- another question that came up was, um, you know, for, for the actors uh, like uh, Jamal and, and Janet, Whitney, that, you know, you guys have done uh, professional productions and, and all that. So you've had those constraints of, you know, set and costumes and lights and time and all this kind of stuff. Uh, do any of you want to speak to, you know, just the the way that we we were able to work or that you guys were able to work on this scene in terms of, you know, the, this way and, and this context, um, just your experiences of being able to take so much time to explore the scene this way. 
I loved it. You know, it's what Gideon said earlier, you know, spending time on the text is really, really important. And sometimes depending on the theater you're working at or how much time you have or the director and their experience, you know, will zoom past the text work or zoom past the dramaturgy. You're like, no, I don't, I don't worry about that. Da, 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 da. And for me, that makes it harder as an actor working on this heightened text when I go back home. Because for me, I, I, I'm very vocal and I, I speak the way that I speak. Like, I think it's important for actors to know that you have a voice in the room. And when I was younger in Shakespeare, not feeling like it was for me, I always minimized my voice, you know? It's important to have a voice in the room. So I love the back and forth. I love talking to the dramaturg. I love going back with voice and speech because they're, because not because I'm right or because they're wrong. It's because in order for me to embody this character, it's important for me not to just say yes, but say yes. And this came up when you said that that's how you really bring the play and this text to life. And so, mm-hmm. uh, this was really great because. We're at the computers and we're working at text. We have the dramaturg right here and everybody embraces all the voices in the room. And that only frees you up as an artist and in, in the collective in the community. So I love working this way. Awesome. Great to hear. I'm, I'm just always fascinated what uh, Jamal was saying there about, you know, directors who, who want it, they want to get you up on your feet like too soon. It's like directors love to block things. Second day. Yeah. Second day. Okay. We're going to start blocking. Let's have you here. And it's like, why, 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 wait, I don't know what I'm saying. Why am I? It's, and, and I've had, I have had directors that say they, they keep you at the table so long so that by the time you, you do start, it's like you already know what you already, you've already got the movement practically in your body, uh, that, you know, it's sort of the, the opposite thing, which I, I kind of like. I, I'm just, I was really, uh, delighted at how much, you know, you, uh, the, the, the actors were, were able to interact, not, not only not even in the same room. I mean, uh, well, you're in Sherman Oaks. Uh, where, where are you, Whitney? Are you up in here in LA? I'm in Missoula, Montana right now. Oh, for God's sake. See, I mean, half a country, you know, 1500 miles away, wherever it is. Um, all of the same, you still manage to all, uh, uh, achieve, you know, I, you, there was movement in it and, and real connection. So I, I just think, uh, uh, I think that's terrific. And, and it, it comes from, you know, an ease with the, the text. You begin not to have to worry about every single word you're saying. And I mean, I know we're all over you all the time, but still the, the, you know, the acting that was going on was terrific. I, I think a lot of that is from you. Like I, I wanted you to know with the zoom, it was so helpful to do the second rehearsal where it was like, take the line, look at the camera. And like, we got to see each other. And that was so helpful to find the beginning of that connection. Yeah. to grow it. So I, thank you for that. That was a really interesting exercise. Well, I, I'm very glad to hear that because I mean, that's something I did earlier on one of these things and people responded that way. I mean, it gave people a chance to actually look in each other's eyes, even though you're, you know, one person is, is doing close up camera work. It, 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 so I'm glad to hear that. Good, good. I, I shall continue to use it on Zoom. And actually having the playbacks is really useful for that because the replays, yeah. yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I can't, I mean, I have a love hate with the Zoom. I love the fact that, you know, Gideon's here and everyone's here and people are from different places and we can do this and sit down. I think it's vital. I, I think it does save so, so much work, but that, I mean, I'm amazed that I, 
I found it easier to make the connection with Celia than I did with Jamal. And I, I, and I think that was a being able to look into somebody's eyes, right? As opposed to look at the, at, at the camera. And I don't know why, because I think maybe, well, I guess there's, there's a little bonus there. I guess I just made me realize, oh yeah, because it's very banter-esque, isn't it? With, um, with Celia, but Jamal, it's very sensual and very feeling. And you, you need that connection. And for, for me, I, I struggled with that because I mean, look, I there's no acting required, right? But, but when you can't look at him, right? It, when I'm here giving it, it's, you just have, I guess the other thing is it's a really good exercise for your imagination. And, you know, it really makes you see the images more richly, I must say. I was afraid of that, Janet, as well. I agree with you. And what I what I did that helped me was I listened more. And so although I was looking at the camera, like every word you were saying, all the actors that that I have interchanges with, like letting it really come into my ear and really like hear you. Um, was like beautiful. And then that also translates when we're on stage in the room. Cause you know, when you're in stage on the room, it's like hearing be going out the windows. Like, when am I next? What's the scansion? <laughs> you know, like it really, yeah, yeah. it really strengthened my listening. Cause I had to listen. Well, to I you. did, I did find that on the second run through, actually, you know, yeah, the first for nothing. I had kind of suffered from that first one out the window. And the second one, I found that. This is exactly what I was doing. I was really, really listening much harder. So that'll be interesting to have that resource of the playback, right? The replay yeah, yeah. To, to see how that's achieved, right? I want to chime in with my broken record that Shakespeare's audience went to hear a play. Yes. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah. 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 My, my, my silent comment every time, even in here, you know, a lot of the directors say, well, you know, if we were staging this, you know, here's what I do. And, I know. And, and part of me wants to say, you don't, you don't even need to think about it. We're just working on the words, you know, just, just, it's right. all there in the, on the page. But, but I, I understand the sentiment. Um, I think it's just an actor's inherent oh, yes. discomfort, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. They meant, I don't know, which was it? The original Shakespeare company that only ever gave you the cue lines. Right. And, right. um, it's like, so you only knew the few lines that were coming before you had to listen, right? Right. Right. Oh. Um, I, I, uh, you know, we'll wrap up in just a, a, a minute or two here, but, um, Madeline, I'd love to hear, you know, your experiences as, you know, you, you, uh, worked on another scene, uh, last round and now you're back for, for this round, uh, you know, with a different group. And I'd love to hear your experience of working with, you know, all these professionals and, and, you know, creating and developing the character of LeBeau. What was, uh, what was your experience working on the scene? You make me speak every time. <laughs> well, well, <you're> not- <laughs> I don't want to speak. I don't. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I, um, I wanted to go second round because I felt that, you know, this Zoom format and everything is new. So I wanted to perfect this, uh, that also, uh, Jeffrey took further, you know, that we actually, how we look and all this to, to make it as, you know, present or as possible. So it has, um, it's good also, you know, for in general, for assuming any, any zoom you do, you know, and, but for, yeah. And I wanted to, you know, I'm in my classics period. I mean, a huge classic period and uh, I'm just enjoying it. And I, you know, 
I enjoy very much to work with these uh, uh, people that who have a lot more experience than I have, and I learn a lot, you know. So it's it's great. Wonderful. Well, good. See, you don't have to say too much. That was that was great. <laughs> you also have a you, you also have a wonderful accent, so it's always it's always nice to hear that. Oh, too. thanks. I wanted to commend Madeline because she was not afraid to ask questions from the start. Yeah. I know another. I write another good good lesson from uh, uh, you know rehearsal. So don't worry about you know. Yeah, I can okay add also about the replays. You know, because I never thought that I was going to watch the replays. You know, that would be like you know, like the the nerd in school. You know, and and um, uh, like the over nerd. So I so I but I did and I did again and again and I really uh, that's that's very very useful. So you know, in the future in a class. I would almost think that I would record it and then just have it and bring it home and then you can listen, you know, again, not even in in a, in a visual format, you know. So that is a that is a very helpful. It was very good. Well, I mean, you know, I, I listen to a lot of the the sessions and rehearsals, and, and very often I'm not watching, and I know just by listening, you know, the the, the clarity of the story because as as Gideon just said. Shakespeare's audience went to go hear a play. It, it is, it has that quality. And, and so, yeah, just being able to hear, you know, you, you know, just from listening, if the story's clear, you know, you know what's going on. So, um, yeah, well, especially with the classics, like, yes, know. yes, absolutely. The heightened language. Um, well, I, I want to thank, uh, all of the, the attendees who came, uh, the audience. I, I thank you very much for, for being here. Uh, I'll just mention them again very quickly. Uh, if you would, uh, all the links are in the chat. Uh, if you'd like to donate to, uh, City of Hope, um, you, there's a link to do that, uh, cityofhope.org slash giving. Uh, our next, uh, scene presentation is, uh, next Wednesday, May 5th. We're doing the scene from Richard III with Elizabeth Swain directing. And, uh, you could, there's still time actually to sign up and be an audience member, uh, for all of the weekly rehearsals, uh, through next Friday, May 7th. Uh, we have another four weeks of work, uh, another three scenes uh, going on. Uh, one just started earlier today, so there's still a lot to see. Um, and uh, there's a link in the chat, but you can also go to workingactorsjourney.com slash rehearsal dash room. So uh, with that, uh, I'll just kind of end the public part. The group, the Azulanka group can stay where you are, and I will move everybody else into the waiting room, uh, or uh, you are free to, uh, to sign off. Uh, but uh, thank you. Again, for attending, and uh, hope you uh, enjoyed this uh, deep dive into As You Like It. Hey, it's Nathan here one more time. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to that uh, entire presentation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I love going back. I mean, every time I watch these, I'll learn something new. Uh, the work is just so fantastic and so deep. Uh, it, it's just wonderful. So I hope you really enjoyed that. Uh, and like I said, the plan is to roll out more of these. So please stay tuned to the podcast, uh, or YouTube. Um, you know, I'll really, I'm really making an effort to, uh, you know, put more of this out there and not just, uh, hold on to it and wait for someday. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're not on the email list, go to workingactorsjourney.com. Um, that is usually, uh, where you will find out first about things that are coming up. You know, where I first shared about uh, Libby being part of the rehearsal room and anything else that's going on, I probably will be able to email about it first 
before I'm able to get it out on the podcast uh, or YouTube. Maybe social media, but email is, again, going to be your best bet. So workingactorsjourney.com. It's free to sign up. You can even get uh, a resource. It's called 10 Ways to Stop Worrying and Start Working. Uh, some of the uh, best advice from, I think, the first two seasons of the show uh, in a PDF. So you get that immediately when you uh, sign up. Uh, you get that free. And then you'll get ongoing notices of what we're doing. So that is it. Hope you're having a great rest of your day. Look forward to sharing more with you soon. And take care. I'm Nathan Agan, and enjoy the journey.